Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast and from the Gulf to Mexico. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, another big show and another crazy week. Let me get some housekeeping out of the way for you first. I'm signing books up at the North Dakota State Fair. Commercial Building 1. You North Dakotans that listen to me, come on in. Love to meet you. Get some books. Shoot the bull and commiserate about what's going on. Please do visit. Number two. You know, uh, the only thing that is... Constant is change. So we have another shuffle of radio stations going on after this week. If for any reason any of you who are used to listening to us on AM stations in your area, suddenly you can't get us. That means we've shifted to another station. You know, it's ongoing. It's unbelievable. But you can get us on the podcast on the rightsideradio.com, all the archives. And you know, when you download that podcast to your phone, you can listen to it anytime you want. It's actually a little bit more convenient than AM radio. And for those of you who are going to get us on the AM stations that you're used to, eha, keep listening or go to the podcast, either one. I'm glad to have you as listeners and I am grateful for your attention. And then the third thing that we have to cover, you know, last week... I gave you a significant portion of the speech of the Chinese defense minister to the top brass of the Red Chinese Army and the CCP. It's a chilling speech. I got a pile of emails on it. We're going to put a link just to that section of the show right on the homepage, upper right-hand corner, and it will be titled something like Chinese Defense Minister Warns America or something like that. And may I suggest, if you did not listen to it last week, that you listen to it and that you pass it on. People need to know exactly what China is and what China has planned for the United States of America and for you, Americans, because it ain't pretty, folks, and they don't care. They're after one thing, that is world domination. And in the words of the head military cheese for Red China himself, if 100 million or 200 million Americans must die, far better that it's Americans than Chinese. And it goes downhill from there. Listen to that speech. Pass that link on. This is critical, particularly since China has bought and paid for a whole bunch of politicians in the United States Congress, the United States Senate, and of course, in Cadaver's administration, particularly Cadaver and his son, Hunter. So let's get started on this show. You know, last week I told you a little bit about early American Chinese history, the back and forth between the two countries. And we ended right around 1949 when the People's Republic of China was formed by Mao Zedong and Chiang Kai-shek and the Nationalist forces were excommunicated to the island of Taiwan. I'm going to give you a blow-by-blow, a date-by-date history from 1949 up until the current time today. And you will see how China has played us Exactly, by the way, as the speech said they would and they should. We have created China. We have fostered our greatest enemy, our mortal enemy, after you listen to this speech. And, you know, woe to us. It's time to reverse that course. Once stupid, twice a fool. And 
in this case, it's life and death of your family and of your country. We're going to talk about, finally, because I didn't get to it last week, we're going to talk about the the bell-bottom days back in the 70s. I'm going to point out to you the similarities, as I've been threatening to do for several weeks, between the 70s, inflation and stagflation, and guess what? Right now, today, that's right. It's a blowback in time back to the present. And then we're going to have a huge a huge rat-a-tat-tat because there's so many things going on that, you know, I could dedicate this part of the show to a segment of a more detailed piece of meat, shall we say, piece of news meat. But I think you just need to hear this list, this litany of what is going on in all sorts of quadrants of the world, of the country, and affecting your life. And we're going to go all the way from COVID to judicial rulings to immigration, you name it. But they are all eye-popping, I promise you. Unfortunately, I promise you. So let's get started. You know, as we usually do, let's start with a quote from the founders. In this case, Benjamin Franklin, the only thing more expensive than a good education is ignorance. Boy, is that true or what? Particularly in today's woke age. Woke, baby, woke. And then I got a little rant story for you. This was the day before I left North Dakota. Water's getting really low on the ranch. I mean, our bacon was saved by early storms. It kind of created the hay crop, although it's going to be down. But it's been mostly bone dry for weeks and weeks and weeks. Bone dry enough so that when you drive through a field that's been cut, that's been swathed for hay, there's actually a little dust tendril tailing behind either the horse's hooves or the ATV wheels. And it reminded me of how something so lush, so green, just a short time ago, kind of like the United States of America, can turn so dry and brittle and dusty and apprehensively parched so quickly, just like the United States of America. And you know, it's our job, folks, with the midterms three months away, And I'm going to have some rat-a-tat-tat on what they're already trying to gear up with this scare tactics over monkeypox and the variant and the mass coming back in California and all sorts of nonsense. It's up to us to make this country green again. And I don't mean Green New Deal. I mean lush and growing and fertile and full of opportunity. So now let's get into China, 1949 to today, and how the United States has created, with China's clever help, and clever acquiesce, and clever planning, our enemy of all time. In June of 1950, the Korean War breaks out, and the Allied forces basically drove North Korea almost back to the Chinese border, and that's when China became involved in the war and pushed the Allies all the way back to what is now the demilitarized zone between the two countries. The first Taiwan Strait crisis was in August of 1954, A U.S. Navy blockade of Taiwan, which was initiated by President Dwight Eisenhower, was lifted. In March of 1959, the Tibetan uprising. Thousands of Tibetans were killed. It strained relations between China and the West. In October 1964, China's first atomic test. It joined the League of Nations with atomic bombs. In March of 1969, the Sino-Soviet border conflict, some pretty heated clashes between the two countries in that year. In April 1971, China had begun to turn toward the United States because of its 
temporary fear at that time of Russia. It was called ping-pong diplomacy. It actually started with the exchange of ping-pong teams between the two countries. It was shortly thereafter, by the way, and this is under Richard Nixon, that the United States pushed the United Nations, and the United Nations did recognize the People's Republic of China and gave it a permanent Security Council seat. Oh, that's worked out well. Which that had been held by Chiang Kai-shek's Republic of China in Taiwan since 1945. In February of 1972, Nixon makes his famous visit to China. In 1979, Jimmy Carter, ah, yeah, Jimmy Carter, great. He grants China full diplomatic recognition, and he acknowledges mainland China's one China principle, very important, and severs normal relations, United States relations, with Taiwan. The one China policy means Taiwan belongs to China. It's not an independent country. In the Reagan era, the Reagan administration issued what was called the Six Assurances to Taiwan, including it would honor the Taiwan Relations Act, which basically was self-defense. It would not mediate between Taiwan and China, and it would not terminate arms sales to Taiwan. But at the same time, the Reagan administration tried to reiterate the One China policy that Jimmy Carter had instigated. And then in June of 1989, the Tiananmen Square massacre, and this further kind of alienated the West from China in response to hundreds of students getting killed in a relatively peaceful uprising and protest. In September of 1993, there were a bunch of dissidents in China who had been jailed that were deported, mainly due to Western pressure. In March of 1991, Taiwan held its first free presidential vote, and China's response was to launch missiles over the island and near the island to, should we say, dissuade Taiwan from going its own way. Remember the one China rule. In May of 1999, the Chinese embassy in Belgrade, this was over in the war in Yugoslavia, it got bombed by NATO planes. It wasn't intentional. But it further, shall we say, strained U.S.-Sino relations and Sino-Western world relations. And one of the results of the bombing of this embassy, even though there were apologies issued, etc., etc., by the West, was that there were mass demonstrations in China and ransacking of Western buildings, interests, and assets there. In October of 2000, trade relations were normalized. Oh, that's worked out well for us. President Clinton signs the U.S.-China Relations Act in October, and that gave Beijing permanent normal trade relations with the United States and paved the way for China to join the World Trade Organization in 2001. Between 1980 and 2004, this is an amazing statistic, U.S.-China trade rises from $5 billion a year to $231 billion a year. And in 2006, China surpassed Mexico as the United States' second biggest trading partner after Canada. In April 2001, a Chinese fighter jet collided with an American surveillance plane. The American plane had to land in Chinese territory, and the Chinese kind of made hostages of the 26-man American crew. This precipitated a crisis. It was kind of wound down through diplomacy, but it further undermined the trust between the two countries. In September of 2005, Deputy Secretary of State Robert Zolik, right, this is under Bush, he initiates kind of a strategic dialogue with China. 
This was the first recognition of Beijing as an emerging power, and he calls on them to be a responsible stakeholder and use their influence to draw nations like Sudan and North Korea and Iran into the international system. Later that same year, by the way, North Korea, a puppet state of China, walks away from the six-party talks, which were aimed at curbing its nuclear ambitions. That's worked out well, too, hasn't it? In March of 2007, China begins to rapidly and dramatically increase its military spending. They announce an 18% budget increase in defense spending, but primarily for offensive weapons. And the increases in military expenditures increase 15% a year over a 15-year period. Dick Cheney, putting aside his daughter, said at that time that China's military buildup, quote, is not consistent with the country's stated goal of a peaceful rise, unquote. In 2008, China becomes the largest United States foreign creditor surpassing Japan. U.S. debt to China reaches $600 billion. It's actually higher today. And in August of 2010, see how rapid this rise has been, folks? China becomes the world's second largest economy. It surpasses Japan. And most economists begin to warn that China is on track to overtake the United States as the number one world economy by the year 2027. Gee, that's four years from now, folks. In November 2011, Clinton and Obama announced the pivot toward Asia. And Obama announces the United States and eight other nations have reached an agreement on the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which, by the way, does not help the United States at all, and which was canned by Trump. In February of 2012, because of the things that had happened before, because of the helping hand that we had extended to China for the previous 20 years, actually 30 years, trade tensions between the two countries began to rise. The U.S. trade deficit with China becomes $295 billion a year in 2011. And in March, the United States, the EU, European Union, and Japan, they file a request for consultation at the World Trade Organization regarding China's restrictions on its export of rare earth minerals, which, by the way, makes the world go round on anything technological and military, folks. In November of 2012, Qi comes to power, China's current quote-unquote president, and he delivers a series of speeches on the rejuvenation of China and on the Chinese century. And when we come back, we're going to finish up the disturbing tale of America-China relations, 1949 to the current date, and then I'm going to get into the rest of the story, so to speak. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and my pillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my towels with proprietary technology, which makes them soft and absorbent. Towels that work, what a concept. They're made with USA cotton and come in a variety of awesome colors. My six-piece towel set is regularly $109.99, now just $39.99 with your promo code. Support Mike. Support America. Get great stuff. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE, or call 800-892-1083, RIGHTSIDE. 
Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-914-1358-800-914-1358-800-914-1358. That's 800-914-1358. Hey listeners, this is Reed Lance Rosenthal, your host of On the Right Side Radio, and I have a message for you. Do you want a business? Sell a product? Provide a service? Have a message you want to get out? Do you believe in freedom, the Constitution, and America? Here's your opportunity to reach 69 million sets of ears in scores of markets around the country, including five of the top 10 and 15 of the top 50 markets in the United States of America. Very affordable, very flexible, 30 and 60 second packages available. Give your business a boost and help America get the truth. Call Francis at Media Airtime at 602-300-8250, 602-300-8250, or write Francis at MediaAirtime.com. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S at MediaAirtime.com. Thank you. Howdy, folks. It's Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Let's finish up this current China-America history, get into the rest of the story, which will boggle your mind, and then talk about the bell-bottom days, which, unfortunately, we seem to be revisiting. There were a number of summits between the heads of the United States, at whatever president it was, and Xi, many of them here in the United States, Obama, Trump, and by the way, under Obama, in 2014, China and America announced a joint climate deal where they each pledged to reduce carbon emissions. Obama sets a really ambitious target for the United States. Gee, how's that gas pump price working for you folks? But China got to kind of sit back on its heels and say, well, we'll do everything by 2030. In 2015, the U.S. begins to issue Pretty strict warnings to China over the South China Sea, and they're building, I brought this story to you before, and they're building literally of fake islands, like bringing in fill on top of atolls, and then militarizing those islands to stake their claim to international waters. This also has to do with their wish to take over Taiwan. On 2017, Trump affirms the one China policy, but also affirms to Taiwan that the United States will not abandon them that they will be, if not defended, at least supplied. And in April of 2017, Trump hosts Chi, one of these conferences, at Mar-a-Lago. On March 22, 2018, seeing no progress that had been promised by the Chinese, Trump tariffs target China. You remember the uproar back then. Basically, the tariffs were worth $50 billion in taxes to the United States and restricted imports from China. And in July, that U.S.-China trade war escalated again. 
There were tariffs slapped on more Chinese goods, 800 different products, 34 billion additional tariffs. And of course, China retaliated, mostly against American agricultural products. In October of 2018, Dan Pence, the vice president, delivers a really hardline speech on China and basically says that the era of cooperation is over and that the United States is going to prioritize competition rather than cooperation. And one of its main weapons would be even more tariffs. This was also the first big finger-wagging and high-level finger-pointing at China, accusing them of stealing American intellectual property and interfering in U.S. elections. This is 2018, folks. Think about what happened in 2020. The trade war intensifies, and Trump raises tariffs from 10 to 25% on another $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. And Huawei, okay, the big Japanese telecommunications giant who had had some legal battles in the year before with uh, the U.S. Department of Justice under Trump, was banned from supplying any telecommunications equipment to anyone in the United States. The concern was that that and 5G would allow China to spy, and by the way, a valid concern. In November of 2019, Trump signed a bill supporting Hong Kong protesters, which really pissed off the Chinese. And in January 2020, the Phase 1, as it was called, trade deal was signed, which kind of eased back the tensions between the two countries on what had been this developing trade war. And China pledges uh, to enforce intellectual property protections. Oh, yeah, well, that's worked out really well, particularly under the Biden administration. And then, of course, comes the coronavirus right? COVID. And Trump bans all non-U.S. citizens who had visited or were from China from entering the United States. China jumps up and down and says the virus is really the fault of the U.S. military. And of course, the information begins to come out, which this show was the first to bring you in the United States on the Wuhan lab, the gain of function, the funding by Fauci and the United States government using your money and my money and the intentional release of this virus and transmission all over the world by the Chinese. They told you they were going to do it. In March of 2020, China expels American journalists, not all, but a number of them, from the Wall Street Journal and some of the other big publications. And the diplomatic war is escalating. Both the U.S. and China close consulates. Do you remember when Trump closed the Chinese consulate in Houston because it was like a spy web that had been identified? Well, the same thing was done in China to ours. And in July of 2020. So now let me tell you the rest of the story when it comes to recent China-American history. We created this monster. We've been played. And we've elected people, shame on us, who allowed us to be played. People who have been bought and sold by the Red Chinese who have allowed the infiltration of China into every segment of American society, including its elections, by the way, and its education system, and its technology. We have given them a helping hand. We have been naive, to put it mildly. We have been stupid, to put it more aptly. And we need to be electing people who understand the Chinese threat as it is. In their own words, listen to the speech of the Chinese defense minister, upper right-hand corner, homepage, on the rightsideradio.com. You'll know exactly what I mean. Now let's talk about a return to the bell-bottom era here in the United States economy. 
So we're only two years into the 2020s. We have soaring inflation, rising interest rates, social unrest, a global oil supply shock caused in part or exacerbated by war, and political parties trying to rig elections. You know, disco balls, bell bottoms, wide lapel shirts. Does it look the same? You bet it is. You might remember back then, those of you who are of age, long lines at gas stations just to fill up your tank. Oil prices quadrupled after the Middle Eastern embargo when uh, the U.S. supported Israel in the Yom Kippur War. And oil prices were north of $100 a barrel for the first time. In 1974, Nixon resigned from office. And history seems to be rhyming, folks. Remember that inflation is the general rise in all prices across an economy which is caused by an expansion of the money supply. How many dollars are circulating out there? How many were printed? Milton Friedman, great economist, he said inflation is always caused by the same thing, a rapid increase in money supply, i.e. printing dollars, that is greater than the output of goods and services. Inflation, according to him, and he's absolutely correct, is always accompanied by a rapid increase in the quantity of money. Think about how much money has been pumped into this economy needlessly. Think about this new trillion dollar Build Back Better plan that they're bringing out. All that should be great for inflation. Let me give you some more historical comparisons. From 1970 to 1972 and then 75 to 77, the money supply grew at about 30%. The increases had finally made their way into the economy. Inflation was at 12% by 1974, and that's the official government numbers. It took two years, and the Fed raising interest rates to 13% to bring inflation down to 5%. But the Fed didn't learn its lesson. Gee, what's new? And they kept printing money. Inflation started rising again over the next few years. It didn't peak until 1980 at nearly 15%, the government numbers. This time, it took more than two years, and Fed Chairman Paul Volcker had to raise interest rates nearly 20%, if you remember, in 1981. You remember those 18% mortgages? It took two years of raising interest rates to tame inflation. We're only six months into rising interest rates, folks. And most economists who are in the know feel that the Fed's planned interest rates hikes their balance sheet decreases, in other words, stopping the printing presses, are too small and too slow. Inflation is a devastating tax, as it was back then, on lower-income Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck. The bottom 20% of households in this country, folks, spend 31% of their after-tax income on gasoline and groceries. Oh, gee, that's great. And one of the things that's happening is that credit card debt is exploding across the United States because you have to turn to credit cards since you don't have the cash from your income to pay your basic living expenses. Revolving credit balances, credit cards basically, jumped 20% over the last year to a record $1.1 trillion. And by the way, think about the overall economy. Consumer spending in the United States is 70% of the United States economy, which, of course, China just loves. Oh, yes. You know, back to those trade deals. So what we're looking at here again after the 1970s is the dreaded S-word, stagflation. Okay? No economic growth or decreasing economic growth and rising inflation and interest rates. And listen, it took the Fed, assuming that 
this Fed has the will to do it with the people who currently run the government. It took them five years to get that under control, the last go-around in the days of bell-bottoms. You ready for some rat-a-tat-tat? I am, I think. Buckle up. Here we go. Let's start with COVID, because you know, this BA5 variant, oh, it's very dangerous. It's so stealthy, you don't even know you have it. And who knows what kind of mass mandates and mail-in ballots and stay-at-home and lockdown orders we might have to endure to save ourselves from this nothing burger. And of course, then we have the WHO. Oh, yes, Tedros, our buddy at the WHO, the puppet on the string, the CCP puppet masters playing him like a fiddle. So his executive committee voted 9-6 to six to not declare monkeypox, monkeypox, a pandemic, a worldwide health concern. But Tedros, listening to the Chinese government with the midterms coming up in America, Tedros decided that he'd just forget what all his doctors said. You know, he's not a doctor, folks. He's a doctor of philosophy. He's not a medical doctor. I don't know where anybody got this crap, but this guy is a nothing burger when it comes to medical. But he overruled his own committee, you know, kind of like the CDC did with the Vax for Kids. And he's declared monkeypox a health hazard of international concern. I'm paraphrasing his stuff. I mean, who knows where we might be with this. And, you know, the only way to save yourself from monkeypox It's the same way you can save yourself from the BA5 stealth variant. The one that you don't even know you get. Ah, yes, vaccines. Oh, yes, gene therapy vaccines. Of course. There's been a study published by the British Medical Journal, the BMJ. And you know, it's called Serious Adverse Events of Special Interest Following MRNA Vaccination in Randomized Trials. Guess what they found out? And it coincides with an almost simultaneous paper published by the BEN, a huge research group in the other parts of Europe. Well, it just so happens that the risk from vaccine adverse effects, these are two absolutely sterling outfits, no politics involved, just straight science. You know, the science we're supposed to follow. Well, the excess risk, I'll I'll quote, the excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest surpassed the risk reduction for COVID-19 hospitalization relative to the placebo group, both Pfizer and Moderna trials, by the way. And guess what? Both research groups used the drug makers own clinical trial data, so it can't be argued with. And it's the same data set that our FDA, who cares about us so deeply, relied on to grant the emergency use authorization prior to the drugs, you know? So everyone is on the same page. Quote, there was a 43% increased risk of serious AESI, that's cardiac, that's circulatory, problems and an absolute risk increase of plus 12.5 per 10,000 vaccinated participants unquote and then the study gets on the FDA I love this quote in July 2021 the FDA reported detecting four potential adverse events of interest pulmonary embolism acute myocardial infarction immune thrombocytemia excuse me, doctors, if I mispronounce that, and disseminated intervascular coagulation following Pfizer's vaccine based on medical claims data in older Americans. Quote, I continue, 
The FDA stated it would further investigate the findings, but the, at the time of our writing, has not issued an update, unquote. How weird, don't you think? It's been a year, and the FDA hasn't updated its science to show that there's more risk associated with the mRNA injections than in COVID and COVID hospitalization. Hmm, what could possibly be going on here, folks? What could possibly be going on here? Amazingly, another story for you. The House Appropriations Committee quietly amended the 2023 federal budget for health and science agencies to ban funding, finally, of biolabs in hostile countries, including Wuhan, China. Oh, well, gee, you know, a little late for that, but better than nothing. And when we come back, more rat-a-tat-tat. Put a cushion on the table, folks. Your jaw's going to be hitting it. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bones. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719. That's 800-378-3719. Are you a fan of the 1883 miniseries? Then you will love its partial inspiration, Threads West, an American saga. The number one national Amazon and Barnes & Noble best-selling multi-generational epic saga of the American story in the West. Recipient of a whopping 37 national awards, including Best Historical Fiction, Best Multicultural Fiction, Best Fiction Series, Best Romance, and Best Western. You will recognize the characters that live in these pages. They are you. They are us. This is not only their story, it is our story. Threads West is written by Wyoming rancher Reed Lance Rosenthal. Lois Henderson, Chief AD Library Information Services, proclaims fluent and strong, sensual, evocative, and unforgettable. Compared to McMurtry's Pulitzer Prize-winning Lonesome Dove and Michener's Centennial, Rosenthal's epic masterpiece will rival even some of Louis La Amour's best-loved work, called The Gone with the Wind of the West and Sackets on Steroids. Get it now. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Kindle, Nook, Audible, or the publisher, ThreadsWestSeries.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. I support this show, and I would like to offer you our biggest discounts for listening. So please go to our website, MyPillow.com, and put in the promo code at the end of this message to get the biggest discounts. Again, thanks for listening, and God bless. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE. 
or call 800-892-1083, right side. It's Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Let's finish up this federal budget. Unfortunately, it omits funding on labs in Ukraine, High Putin, Armenia, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and, you know, other similar unmonitored, corrupt, third-world hellholes lacking legal regulation over biological experimentation and handling of deadly pathogens. <laughs> That's terrific. Maybe we don't have enough evidence yet to support a ban that that is that broad, you know? You probably heard about this, but I'm going to give you some details. So far-left groups have now put bounties on the head of Clarence Thomas, Gorsuch, Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, Alito, in other words, the conservative justices on the Supreme Court. And let me give you a tweet from them. D.C. service industry workers, if you see Kavanaugh, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Coney Barrett, or Roberts, DM us with the details. We'll Venmo you $50 for a confirmed sighting and $200 if they're still there 30 minutes after your message. And where is the DOJ on this? Uh, Hello, Merlin. Merlin Garland. Where are you, man? Where are you? Merrick, where are you, Mr. Garland? I mean, are you in Never Never Law Land? I guess so. By the way, the news articles on this new stealth BA5, you know, the ninja COVID virus I was talking about just a few minutes ago. Here's some headlines, you know, as the media beats the drums prior to the election. Quote, an ever-present threat to public health, unquote. Quote, COVID is much more dangerous than today's flu, unquote. Quote, mass wearing and Paxlovid, (laughs) absolutely, are band-aids on a festering global wound, unquote. Quote, the problem in the United States is that only people 50 years old or older or with certain immune disorders qualify for the second booster. Quote, arguably the best protection results from two prime jabs of the mRNA vaccines from Pfizer or Moderna plus a couple of boosters, unquote. Oh, okay, yeah. So you parents out there fighting for your kids, fighting for their education, fighting for the country, you'll love this. The National Education Association, you know, the largest teachers union run by an avowed communist who got 68% of the vote of the teachers union. Oh boy. Yeah, our education system is doing great. They have a $300 million slush fund and they are using that money to sue parents. In other words, you know, bully stay-at-home moms. (laughs) who happen to show up to protect their kids' rights and their kids' education. That's terrific. Fortunately, there are a bevy of attorneys out there who are doing pro bono work to defend these parents. Oh, and, you know, over in Ukraine, Zelensky, you know, everybody, that, that courageous guy and those poor Ukrainians. And by the way, the Ukrainian people are right in the middle of this. Zelensky, you know, this beacon of democracy, that we have spent $65 billion of our tax money trying to protect, we say. He seems to have cracked down on all his media. Not only that, he is also declaring Americans as blacklisted because they are puppets and propagators of Russian propaganda. You know, like Republican Senator Rand Paul, former Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, military analyst Edward Lutwak, political scientist John Mishamer, I mean, really? And we're going to send them more billions? Terrific. 
And then, you know, if your faith isn't shaken in the medical community yet with all this COVID nonsense, jab nonsense, etc., here's a new study, folks. You'll love this. This article warns that, quote, those who nap more on average have a greater risk of developing high blood pressure and stroke, unquote. You know, I'm getting stroke just reading this. This is rubbish, folks. Apparently, these medical wizards haven't figured out that maybe people in bad health are more likely to take a nap. You know, Eureka, Einstein. And then, of course, what we all knew would happen other than, I guess, the White House. The Russians are sandbagging Germany. They're claiming that broken parts in their pipeline is slowing down gas shipments. You know, Nord Stream, the pipeline. And Russia has now cut Europe's gas flow to 20%. Oh, gee, who thought of these sanctions? What a great idea. Russian energy company Gazprom announced yesterday that gas exports are going to drop to a fifth of the pipe's capacity. By the way, they're blaming sanctions-related problems with turbines, and the parts that they've stockpiled, they can't get to the turbines to fix them because, you know, of COVID-related supply chain problems. By the way, wholesale gas prices in Germany, they've more than doubled in the first six months of 2022, and they're expected to keep rising as winter approaches. Yes, there is a winter in Germany. In the meantime, the Germans, you know, Andrea Merkel, (laughs) trained by the WEF, like Macron and Trudeau and Zelensky and others, she just can't seem to get, you know, her coal-fired plants back online and her nuclear energy plants back online. Hmm. You know, if I was a German citizen, I think I'd probably be upset. I'd be more upset, perhaps, than I am as an American citizen with what's going on in the USA. Then we have Judicial Watch. By the way, these guys rock. Send them some money. They do probably more, or at least as much, as any other outfit in the United States to protect your rights. They rock. JudicialWatch.org. Send them some money. They have discovered, after a year fight with the Department of Defense, they've discovered that Marxist critical race theory and racial division that it teaches are, yes, being taught at the Naval Academy, and yes, at West Point, and yes, at all the military schools. And it's taken them a year to get the information. I quote Tom Fitton, who's the president of Judicial Watch, quote, that the Pentagon has been unlawfully hiding these records for a year suggests something awful is afoot. Unquote. By the way, the Department of Defense and the Naval Academy have both declined to make any comments. Oh, well, how convenient. And then, what do you think, folks? Do you think we found the, the justice of the Supreme Court, or at least the justice whose staff member leaked the uh, draft Roe v. Wade decision? You know, Dobbs? I've brought that to you before. Justice Elena Kagan, she's come out and she says that SCOTUS, you know, the Supreme Court, is losing all connection with public sentiment, and that's dangerous for America. I want you to think about that for a moment. Where in the Constitution of the United States does it say that the Supreme Court has to worry about public opinion? Really? Not to mention that uh, Ms. Kagan seems to be, like, off the deep end, since public opinion The great majority of public opinion is firmly behind the decisions of the Supreme Court in all sorts of regards, including their most recent decisions on immigration, guns, Roe v. Wade, etc. This is a very 
dangerous mentality for Supreme Court justice. It's the type of mentality that would lead one to believe that, hmm, the Roe v. Wade leak probably came from her office, maybe even from her. By the way, uh, along these lines and in the same week, but, you know, none of this is coordinated. Of course, it's just coincidence. There's this law school dean, you know, Columbia University. Of course, where else? You know, Barack Obama's alma mater. And he suggests that the SCOTUS judges really need to retire. You know, those old conservative dinosaurs like Clarence Thomas. And he thinks that the government should pay them a really, really, really big amount of money so that they go away. Okay, great. And in another Supreme Court, rather disturbing article, it appears that two-thirds of Americans want term limits for the Supreme Court. Hmm. Let me think about all the reasons that's a bad idea. And let me think about all the things that suggest about what Americans don't know about the workings of their own government and their own constitution. And then, of course, we have the House of Representatives. Ah, Nancy Pelosi's little star chamber. Well, they passed the uh, National Defense Authorization Act, rather important, particularly given the stories I've brought you over the last four weeks, Russia, Russia, China, China, America, etc. And this is H.R. 7900. But, you know, they just couldn't help themselves, those progressives. They added a provision that would grant amnesty to certain adult children of temporary guest workers who are about to lose legal status here in the United States. It's called the Ross Miller Meeks Amendment. Oh, terrific. And it was approved, and it was added to the final version of the bill, and it would allow children who are over the age of 19, but not yet 21, to stay and work in the United States after their 21st birthday. In other words, amnesty. And this would affect, or should we say, give amnesty to, 190,000 adult children of temporary guest workers. It's also against the law. But, you know, I mean, what does that have to do with anything? And then, of course, we come to, oh, Tricky Tony Fraudulent Fauci. Seems he's going to retire in 2024 with a $414,000 a year out of your pocket and my pocket retirement package. Oh, and that's the largest in the federal government's history. By the way, he has a $480,000 salary, the largest of 4.3 million federal employees, more than any general in the United States Armed Forces and more than the President of the United States. Not to mention him making millions on his patents, his NIH patents, on the, oh, right, the jabs, the mRNA jabs. By the way, he originally got his really big raise kind of as a bonus, which then kind of stayed forever under President George Bush. Good going, George. Not to be outdone by people like Fauci, we have Trudy up there in Canada. And, uh, you know, you know, we have a little food problem around the world, like there's not enough of it and there's less and less every year. And, you know, I've brought you all the stories about the farmers struggling here in the United States and across the globe and the Ukraine and the Russia deal. It's a problem, why don't we say and it's a growing problem, and it's a problem we're going to face. The people in Africa, those poor folks, 40% of them are already starving. So they're kind of the precursor, you know. They're the canary in the coal mine over there in Africa. But Canada, they have a Strengthen Our Climate Change Act. Strengthen Our Strengthen Climate Act. Oh, wow. And Canada is moving forward with cuts to emissions that result from fertilizer applications. They're not considering whether the targets are achievable. And they happen to be the same programs, gee, another coincidence, that have sparked huge farmer protests, like in Denmark, over in Europe. I mean, have you seen any of those videos? Not that the American press is going to cover it. You should Google them up. In fact, I'm going to make sure that there's a video under the audio bar on the website, on the right side 
radio.com so that you can see what's going on over there. It makes the trucker deal in Canada look tame. And additionally, Canada is going to reduce fertilizer use and obviously wreck its own economy and contribute to the global food crisis. Quote, this latest wave of social engineering in the name of climate change is no longer an innocuous exercise in virtue signaling. Interfering with the global food supply chain is something every individual on earth should be very concerned about. That's an economist by the name of Pete Earle, who, by the way, is quite a well-known economist. So Trudy is going to introduce his plan to reduce nitrogen emissions from fertilizer use. <laughs> Just like the Dutch government. Oh, yeah. Terrific. They must be having tea together. And they want to reduce fertilizer-related emissions 30% from 2020 levels by 2030. It just so happens that federal, provincial, and territorial ministers of agriculture have met to meet to uh, to discuss this new quote sustainable Canadian agricultural partnership. <laughs> They're not very happy about it. We'll see what happens up there, and we'll see what happens with the farmers there in Canada. You know, if China gets its way. I have a feeling when they're farming Canadian soil, they'll probably reverse all these policies. What do you think? By the way, kind of coupled with the story I brought you about Russia cutting supplies, gas supplies, like from 60 million cubic feet to 30 million cubic feet, and then down from there. What is poor Russia doing? I mean, they need the money. You know, they got to continue with all their nasty things, according to all the Democrats. Well, I'll tell you what they're doing, folks. They're supplying Red China with the gas that they're taking from Europe. Okay, they've ramped up exports to China. And on July 24th, you know, that's just days ago, a new all-time high was reached for the daily volume of Russian gas exports to China via the Power of Siberia pipeline. By the way, the treaty under which this gas is being delivered to China, you know, it's a treaty between or agreement between Gazprom, Russia's deal, and Chinese, the China's National Petroleum Corporation, was signed in early February. Hmm. Right ahead of Russia's invasion of Ukraine at the end of February. Gee, I guess they kind of knew what the West was going to do, didn't they? And with that, we are out of time, as always. I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to repeat with conviction. I want you to repeat with your family. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm going to have a pile of stuff for you next week. You have a great week. Keep the wind at your back. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the 
USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719. 800 378 you can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. 800-601-6995. That's 800-601-6995. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-304-5791-800-304-5791. 800-304-5791. That's 800-304-5791. 